This episode of Adulthood Made Easy is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. And by Audible. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free 30-day trial at www.audible.com easy. Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. And about a week ago, maybe now two weeks ago, I came across a really interesting article on Fast Company written by Kelly Clay called Why Millennial Women Are Burning Out. And given it had two buzzwords for me, millennial and women, of course I had to read it. And it's all about just how women are getting really burnt out, they're feeling overwhelmed at their jobs, and they're, they're leaving by 30, mid-30s. One of the statistics said, women account for 53% of corporate entry-level jobs, but then only hold 37% of mid-management roles. And they talked to a couple of women who had experienced this burnout, and one quote really just hit home for me. Melanie Schreffer said, You can't see the end of the tunnel because there are so many twists and turns. It's impossible to see what life will be like in 20 years these days. It's hard just to look three to four years in the future. They don't know what they are striving for, which makes it really hard to move forward. And the they in that situation, I think, was millennial women. So this topic just became really fascinating to me, especially because it is something that my friends and I discuss a lot, the idea that... It's very hard now to say, where will you be in five years? Where will you be in 10 years? It's hard to say, am I, you know, what is this feeling? Am I feeling burnt out by my job? Do I just need to have a conversation with my boss? Am I burnt out or am I just stressed? And this whole idea of making sure that your career is something that gives you joy and gives you energy is really something that that I think about often. So to talk about this topic today, I have two really special guests. The first is someone we all know and love. That's Bucky Keaty. She is the Senior Vice President of Talent Management at Time Inc. She's going to share her career wisdom for all of us who might be kind of on the edge of that burnout feeling. And we also have Jamie Mendel. She's a health and lifestyle coach, and she actually experienced this exact type of burnout in her own career and kind of took a different path. So welcome, Jamie, and welcome, Bucky. Hi, Sam. It's so great to be back on the podcast. I'm really happy to chat with you guys. Thanks. Hi, Jamie. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. It's so exciting to have you both here. I think this will be a really good conversation. And I'd like to start with Jamie because, like I said, you kind of have the firsthand experience of what this burnout feels like. So why don't you tell us about the job you used to have and how you became burnt out in that career? I majored in finance in in college basically because it was something I was good at. I was kind of pushed into it at the school that I went to. And so from college, I went into investment banking for a little bit. And then I ended up going into financial consulting for several years. And, you know, it was never something I was really passionate about. So, you know, it didn't really feel super aligned with who I was, but I just didn't really know what else to do. So I did it. And I traveled a lot for that job, which in and of itself was also, you know, just the traveling component itself led to a lot of burnout just because I was always on the road and always changing places. And, I, you know, I changed positions there. I, I made a lot of changes 
that I thought would help me enjoy the job better. Like what you said before, how, you know, we don't really know what it is that's causing burnout sometimes or what's causing the feelings that we feel. We just know that we're not totally happy there. And so I played around with a lot of different things to try to make it better for me. But at the end of the day, it just really, you know, it didn't feel good. It was not aligned with what I really wanted to be doing. You know, it was kind of sucking my energy. So how old were you when you finally left your job and felt really burnt out from the the career? I left my job at 26. So that to me, that's kind of early. It's like if you're going to get burnt out, you'd think you'd be kind of into I mean, I'm 23. So to me, it's like, could I be burnt out in three years? That scares me. Bucky knows I'm always I'm in a constant state of fear. <laughs> so she knows that that scares me being three. I mean, did how did that feel to be like you are kind of right out of college still? And to were you upset at yourself? Or were you very much like this is all the job this is not to do with me? No, I wasn't upset with myself. I was just I knew that there was something else that that you know, I really wanted for myself. I really wanted to feel better waking up every day and doing whatever I was going to do in the world. And I think that I've always been someone who has been about evolving and growing. And maybe that's why it kind of happened for me a little bit sooner, because I really realized early on that this really wasn't making me that happy. And it took a while for me to make the decision. I remember probably for you know, two or three years, I was debating moving on and doing something else. But it's a really tough decision to finally make. But finally, at 26, it, the pieces kind of all fell into place. I had done some things that helped me figure out that that was the right move for me to make. If you've been unhappy for so long, or you're really, you know, feeling drained for so long, there's only so much that you can really put up with that before you you know, want to move on and do something that's going to make you feel better. Absolutely. And the, you know, the early years of your job should also be fun and you should get to be young and, and meet new people. And, and it, it shouldn't, that should, that should be a red flag that something's not right here. This, I shouldn't be totally drained at 26 years old. So I, I can imagine that that was really tough. And I'm curious, Bucky, you know, being someone who's worked in HR, who especially, you know, a media company works with women, who's probably seen people come to you either thinking of quitting or ready to quit. Have you seen this type of burnout when you've talked to young employees? And, you know, what does it look like on your side? I I have seen it. I've seen it not only here, but I too, way long ago, was in investment banking as well, too. So I've seen it not only here in media, I saw it there, but then I see it around me because I happen to have millennial kids who have lots of friends and they all turn to me, not all of them, but many of them turn to me for career advice. So it's funny that you, when you brought this up to me, I thought, ah, you know, I hadn't put it together, but there's clearly a thread going on. Jamie, you've done some more studying around this, but what I've noticed is the millennial worker sets the bar so high for themselves and they really want the most out of their job and their job experiences that sometimes if they're not happy or if they feel they're setting the bar so high that if the experience isn't complete, they're harder on themselves than their managers are by far. And they hesitate asking for more counseling experience or more counseling conversations than just direct work conversations. 
Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah, and what's well, what I what sticks out to me is I do think that people at this age, at my age, at you know the early twenties or early stage of your job, this is when people say to you, you know, you should be giving a hundred and ten percent at your career. You should be you should be the one working late. You should be the first one in the office. You should be volunteering, taking on every project. And while that's great, and I think that is how we make, you know, you and I have talked about this before. This is how you make connections and impress people and and get yourself to stand out. I think what this article speaks to and what Jamie speaks to and and what you just said is it starts to cross a line. And it's like you're working late five days a week and you're working on Sundays. How do you ever have time to let your brain get excited to go back to work if you never stop working? You don't. It kind of feeds into itself. Not only that, then they also feel like, oh, if I haven't run a marathon by the time I'm 25 or if I don't lose these 15 pounds – or if I don't take up knitting or... <laughs> yeah, if know, I don't have, like, sudden, some amazing side project that's making yes. me, like, hundreds of dollars a day. So it's not just the job. It's also the expectations of having as rich a life as possible, but yet there's just not enough time to accomplish all of it. Jamie, is this resonating with you? Do you feel like this is kind of what went through what your process was like? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I mean, even just... In general, I mean, I work with women day in and day out in my business, and it, the pressure that women put on themselves is enormous. And it's in every, like Bucky said, it's in every single part of their life. It's not just with the job. It's with the, their bodies. It's with their friendships. It's with their extracurriculars. It's everything. And so, yeah, there's just an enormous amount of pressure to do everything, to check everything off, and to do everything perfectly. And I think that's just, it's soul crushing. It is soul crushing. It's very funny because recently I talked to a young woman and she's made a decision to leave her job. And I basically said to her, don't rush into something else. If you can put aside a little bit of money, you need to just heal right now and figure out who you are Mm -hmm. and what really resonates with you. And seriously, I'm all about this Spotify like um, app, but if you can just stop and listen to your environment for a second and just figure out where you are and what, what is really resonating with you, because she hasn't had chance to even think about any of that other stuff. Whether you're looking for a new job or you're thinking in the future you might want to move industries and so you'll just buff your resume up now, you need a professional website. I obviously don't know for sure, but my guess is that resumes and cover letters will soon be a thing of the past, and all you're going to have to do when you apply for a new job is send them a link to your website where it'll have everything from your clips to your reels to your social presence, whatever you have professionally to show employers. Now, you might think you need to know coding to do this, but luckily with Squarespace, you don't. They have professionally designed sites regardless of your skill level. They have intuitive and easy-to-use tools, and you get a free domain if you sign up for a year, and that looks professional. You can start your free trial site today at squarespace.com, and when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, just make sure you use the offer code REALSIMPLE to get 10% off your first purchase. Jamie, when you were talking before about that, like the two years leading up to when you finally decided to leave, you said you tried to do a couple of things to make your job better for you, and you tried to do a couple of things to kind of stave off the burnout. What what types of things did you do? 
Um, well, in terms of traveling, I really try, you know, I, like I said, I was traveling a lot for work and I tried to really make it as enjoyable as I possibly could. Like I milked that part of my job as much as I could, just because I needed to, to, I needed some sort of work-life balance. I needed, you know, I, I just needed it to be less, less of a drain that it was for, for those couple of years I was traveling. I also moved into a new position that I really, really wanted. So I thought, you know, maybe if I got this new position, um, it was a manager role that, and I was, I wouldn't be traveling with that role. So I thought maybe if I got this new position, things would change and I could stay in this career because to be honest, the idea of leaving scared the heck out of me. And I thought, I thought I wanted, you know, the part of me that was so scared was like, I want this job to work because I don't really want to deal with what's next and quitting and leaving and starting over. So, you know, and I think I see, I see that a lot. It's like you, you want to make what you're currently doing work for you because the idea of leaving is actually very scary. So I try, I moved into this new role, got the new role. And then I just still, I just, it wasn't doing it for me. And, and I think that that's when I was really able to leave when I kind of was able to walk away knowing that I really tried whatever I could. And I kind of cleaned up my side of the street in my, in my career there and really made sure that I did everything that I could to make it the best as possible. And then when I still wasn't totally happy, then it it was more clear to me that it was, that I was ready to leave. I mean, I th- you hit the nail on the head. Leaving is really scary. And we've talked about quitting your job or moving on on this show before. And it's something that I it the idea of coming up with what's next, and in your case, coming up with what's next in a totally new career path, like not even just saying, I'm going to pick a different finance consulting job, but you totally went a different way. And for me personally, I went to journalism school. And so any day that I'm totally questioning what I'm doing with my life and my, you know, a friend or my parents will say, well, what else do you want to do? I'm like, well, I went to journalism school and how can I do anything else? How can I think of a new path for myself? How can I disregard those four years of college where I spent time, you know, practicing my editing and thinking up mock magazines and how could I do something else? So I'm impressed that you, you could do that because I think I think I would have real, a lot of trouble letting go of that mm-hmm. all that work. Can I get a little more specific just a little bit? Yes. Because I, I, I have a daughter who's graduating from college right now. And it's so interesting to hear people, the first thing my friends or people she comes in contact with ask her, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you graduate? It's the you know worst question. I the hate that worst, question. The worst question. And I'm a huge fan of, you got to feel it out. You've got to try this. Sam, you know this. Yeah. Try this job. Work at it for a little while. What do you like about it? What resonates? What doesn't resonate? Maybe try another job. Maybe try another industry completely. You've got a couple of years. You have to plan for it. And I realize money is a factor. And not everybody has the luxury of taking a taste of this and a taste of that. And I don't mean it as frivolously as it sounds. But I find right now young women are so driven to know exactly what they want at a time in their lives where that's kind of impossible because you haven't developed yourself completely yet. Mm-hmm. So how do you really know what you want? I think you have to, I think you do have to take a taste of this and that. I think Bucky, I think that's so awesome that as a mother that you're focused on helping your daughter figure out what she wants, because I think that that's something that is missed a lot in 
women growing up is that they're not really asked that question. And so I see a lot of women, and I know this was true for me, who just go into careers that they think are what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. And they aren't focused on what they want. They're so far from that. And they don't have, and also, like you said before, they don't, they haven't given themselves the time and the space to even discover what they really want and what makes them happy. And I think that that's a big part of what leads to this burnout is that a lot of women are in these careers that they think they should be in. And they've, you know, followed a set of sort of steps to get there. But if it's not, I I really feel like if it's something burnout isn't just about the hours that you're putting in. It's about what you're doing. And if it's, if it's completely unaligned with what you really want and who you really are, you're going to burn out a lot faster and a lot easier than if you're doing something with comparable hours, but it's something that you really like and that you're really driven by like, you know, on a deeper level. So I just want to say that's awesome that you, you know, are like that with your daughter, because I know my mom, love my mom, but she wasn't exactly like that with me. And I think that that is kind of why I, burnt, I was on that burnout path because I was in this role that I just didn't really want to be in. I love to read. I mean, I have a bookcase at home that's filled. The problem is I live in New York, so I spend a lot of time walking and you know, you can't really read on the go. Luckily, there's Audible. So right now I'm reading or rather listening to Gloria Steinem's new memoir, My Life on the Road. And as a bonus, not only can I listen to it on Audible, but Gloria Steinem is literally reading it to me as I walk to work, which I find incredible. Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products, so you're guaranteed to find whatever book is on your list. Users can sign up as an Audible listener, which gives them book credits each month for a really low monthly fee. And you can download your choices, you can have it on your iPhone, your Android device, your Kindle, your iPod, or any other MP3 player. Adulthood Made Easy listeners can sign up for a free 30-day trial today by going to audible.com slash easy. That's audible.com slash easy. Bucky, I'm I'm curious from your kind of the HR perspective, you know, Jamie mentioned a bunch of things that she kind of did, and I love that, to, to make it like I gave this job my all, I tried everything I could to make sure that this was burnout, not just stress or unhappiness with my current position. So from your perspective, other than the things Jamie mentioned, what can someone my age do when they're starting to feel these early signs of burnout, maybe it starts out just being stressed and a little overwhelmed. What kind of conversations do you have with your boss or with your coworkers that that can help you make sure that you're in a, a position that you that gives you joy? Well, I think having the relationship with your boss. You, we've talked about this before on other podcasts about mentors or sponsors or people that you can go to to talk through things. And sometimes it's your boss and sometimes it's another person within the department or the company that you can talk to. But let's talk about your boss for a second. And going into your boss and saying, I'm really feeling like I'm having a challenge managing priorities or managing the volume of work right now. And I'm not saying I'm burnt out, but I'm feeling borderline that way. What advice can you give me about approaching my priorities in a different way or approaching the job in a different way and opening the conversation that way, because that certainly happened on my team. I mean, here we are going through massive change within my company Mm -hmm. and everybody's really working long and hard hours, but we have to pull back and say, okay, at the end of the day, we are not brain surgeons. 
we are working really hard, we're doing something very exciting, but we've got to pull back and say, okay, what's the effective way of doing it? And after a while, you're not any good to anybody else because you are burnt out and you are fried. And we've talked about this before, even earlier in this conversation, technology is not allowing us to break away from anything. And so you just don't have have the opportunity to go for that run or to do some of the stuff because you're so accessible all the time. So opening that conversation with your boss as well, too, how do I balance how do I balance it a little bit more so I'm more fresh with my approach to what I'm doing? And what if you've hit that point where you're where you're thinking you've been there maybe a year or two and you're thinking this particular position just isn't working for me. I love this company and I have a great boss, but this position like isn't working. How do you have that conversation? Just like that. Same way. Oh, same way. Yeah. Well, no, going in and saying, I love the company. I really like working for you. I have learned so much, but I'm learning that maybe this type of role isn't playing to my strengths or certainly isn't playing to what really makes me happy. Can we talk about other ideas, whether it's within the department or within the company that would play to my strengths and I'd be a little happier with? Yeah. I think those are both tough conversations to have. <laughs> the kind They're of conversations really that you tough. that make you shake before you walk in the room. <laughs> They're really tough. Again, the expectations that you guys put on yourselves are they're really high. And you're talking hopefully to professional women who've lived through some of this themselves and know what's worked and what hasn't worked and how you can try to balance some of these things. Jamie, did you ever talk to like a mentor or a boss when you were starting to feel like you were in the wrong place? Yeah, I I fortunately had really amazing bosses or managers at my job. One thing that my company did was I had kind of a boss I reported to for my actual work. And then I had a manager who really was in charge of managing my, my growth at the company. So I had a lot of a lot of open conversations with them. And I always found that, you know, as long as, as, as I presented things in a really grounded and thought out way and was really open and honest with them, they, they wanted to hear that. They wanted to know where I was at. Um, I think from a manager's perspective, the more that there there's open communication there, the better. So yeah, I had a lot of those conversations. And what was the conversation like when you finally said, I'm out? It was horrible. I mean, I talk about shaking. I was, I I, I don't even, I think I like blacked out during the conversation. It was just, I I hated shocking them. They thought I was going to be one of those people that was there for life. Like they, you know, and, and I think I came out of left field completely and it was, it was sad. It was sad for me. It was sad for them. But at the end of the day, like they understood, they wanted me to be happy, you know, in general in my life. And I went like, you know, in a very different direction. Jamie, it's, it's never easy. I'm, I'm so, I don't even know you and I'm proud of you because I think that's amazing to (laughs) direct your career and do something that you're passionate about and that you love. I always find it sad when I meet people and I meet people my age when they say, I've been going to work for 30 years and I've been miserable in my job every single day, I thought, oh, my God, I'm not coming back as Chippy the Chipmunk. If, if I'm not happy every day in my job, then what's this all about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yes. I think it's fabulous you did that. 
Isn't Same. Bucky great? Don't you? It's like yes. you feel so great about yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, Jamie, let's talk about what what you do now and how you kind of, you know, we've been talking about you took this brand new path. Let's talk about what it is. So you you left your job. You were feeling really burnt out. How did you figure out where your where your passion was? I, I knew I always had some sort of interest in food, nutrition, something like that. I, I went to a nutrition school kind of on the side while I was working um, in finance. And then what I did was I started, but I didn't really know if I was going to do anything with that. And then I started a food blog on the side. It was like a New Year's resolution one year. I wanted to cook uh, or start cooking more. And so I started a food blog and I posted a recipe every week and it was really just for fun. Like at that point, and this is something that I really stress to people, especially women. I feel like women are very pleasure deprived, which also I think really leads to burnout and, you know, just following the things that excite you, that make you happy, that bring you joy, that bring you pleasure. And so for me, cooking was something at the time. And so I started this blog and I love writing I love cooking, love taking the photos of the food. And it really just picked up steam. A lot of people started following it. And eventually I started opening up and sharing more about sort of my personal story with food and my weight and body image and all of the stuff that I kind of had struggled with for a while on this, like, and a lot of people didn't really know about it. And the more I shared openly about my stuff, um, just women came out of the woodworks and, you know, I really realized that I needed, I really wanted to help other women, um, deal with some of the same issues that I'd been dealing with for so long. So that probably was over the span of like a year and a half. So I was like at my finance job, but I was blogging on the side mm-hmm. and, and cooking and sharing and, and all of this. And so then it really gave me the courage to leave because I had, I knew that there was something there eventually I, I was going to go back to school to, to get my master's in nutrition. That's a whole nother story though. Didn't end up doing that. Ended up just starting my business like six months after quitting my job. And yeah, I did, I did like health coaching for a while and was really helping women stop dieting and learning how to listen to their bodies or become more intuitive eaters. And then that really evolved into coaching them on so many other parts of their life as well, because I felt, or what I really found from working with all these women was that through like their relationship with food was sort of just a symptom of other issues that were going on within them. So it led to just coaching them on all these other things. And so now three and a half, four years later, I'm still coaching women on their relationship with food, but it's more morphed into self-care. That's kind of how I I term it right now and it's um, like mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical self-care. So really helping women take care of themselves in all aspects of who they are. That's awesome. That sounds great. And I think it's so interesting that you bring up that you had this blog and you were cooking kind of while you were working and this sort of developed as like a side passion project because – I've, you know, I hear that all the time that it's something they were doing on the side at work and then it became their job. And we're actually in the next few weeks going to talk to a lot of people who have these side hustles or passion projects and see, you know, how these have turned into real jobs or even just how they inspire them to even do better at work. Like how Mm -hmm. just having a creative outlet outside of your job can kind of help stave off that burnout too, because there's something you're doing and producing for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it definitely helped me for sure. in that last year of my job, just to know that I had this thing that was really fun and exciting and creative on the side. 
Bucky, do you have a passion project or like a side side thing that you do outside of work? I do. I'm totally, I love interior decorating. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, so I've started to help some of my friends and I just, I'm so visual and I'm in a position where I definitely need to call upon my visual skills because I hire visual talent occasionally, but I do this on the side and I've had a couple of friends that aren't clients, but they're clients. Mm -hmm. And it's been so much fun. I've really loved it. And you feel like it helps you kind of be your best self at work to have this kind of outside hobby and passion project? It does. And, you know, we all go through work cycles where work is accelerated during periods of time. But I'm one of the lucky people. I love love what I do for a living. And the point really is if you're passionate and if you love what you do, the volume of work isn't as challenging as it is when you don't love what you do. So that's where, Jamie, when you pull yourself back and you say you have a real heart to heart with yourself, that is so admirable because you're going to be doing this for a long time and hopefully you're going to continue to evolve and grow. That's why you've got to love. You're like running towards your work, not a, not away from your work. Yeah. But for all 23-year-olds who are like me and overthink things and who are listening right now, there's no pressure to find your dream job at this very second. And you can like what you do for right now. And you can love what you do later, I think, is the moral of the story, too, is like don't put the pressure on yourself that you need to be in the dream job that you can see yourself in for the next 25 years. Like accept that there's – tons of ways that this could go and to just step back and just try to enjoy it. Completely. I changed industries. As you know, I was in retail first, then wall street, then media. So it happens and you figure it out while you go. You just have to be kind to yourself to allow yourself to figure it out while you go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So hopefully anyone who's listening who feels a little burnt out or a little stressed can have those conversations, Bucky, that you recommended, or at least get excited by Jamie's story and realize that there might be an awesome job ahead of you where you're this great health and lifestyle coach and you travel to Vietnam and Thailand and do really cool, fun Mm -hmm. things. So it's all wonderful stuff. Bucky and Jamie, thank you so much for joining me. Bucky, as always, great advice. And Jamie, it was so wonderful to hear your story. Thank you. Well, thank you both. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at samzabel and I'll add them to my list. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to review and subscribe in iTunes. I'd like to thank our engineer, Kristen Meinzer, and our editor, Tim Einenkel. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time.